Hey, everybody, Saul Marquez with the Outcomes Rocket. Thank you so much for tuning in again today. I don't know if you guys know this, but October is Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And since 2004, the President of the United States and Congress have declared October to be Cybersecurity Awareness Month, really to help uh, individuals protect themselves online as, as threats to technology and confidential data become more commonplace. We've got this month on cybersecurity awareness, and I'm so lucky to have Greg Garcia join us on this first of 10 podcasts on cybersecurity and the things that are working in the sector. So let me tell you a little bit about Greg. He's the executive director for cybersecurity of the Health Sector Coordinating Council, the convening organization for critical healthcare infrastructure organizations that are working in partnership with HHS and other government agencies to protect the security and resilience of the sector. Patient safety and public health is where we're focused here. Greg was the nation's first DHS assistant secretary for cybersecurity and communications under President George W. Bush in 2006 to 2009, where among the other achievements, he initiated the creation of the National Cyber and Communications Integration Center also known as NCCIC. He served as executive director for the Financial Services Sector Coordinating Council, stood up the IT Sector Coordinating Council, and held several executive positions with Bank of America, 3Com Corporation, and Information Technology Association of America. Greg also served as professional staff on the Committee of Science in the U.S. House of Representatives, where he helped draft and shepherd the enactment of the Cybersecurity Research and Development Act of 2002. So we are with an expert in this space, and he's done so much already in the healthcare space with cybersecurity. So with that, I want to welcome you, Greg, to the first podcast. Thanks, Saul. It's great to be here. Man, such a pleasure. And we have so much to cover in this series, and I'm so fortunate to be here with you to kick us off. Can you share more about the Cybersecurity Health Coordinating Council, Greg, to help us learn more? You bet. Um, your listeners are thinking, oh, there's a financial sector coordinating council. There's an IT sector coordinating. What is this? Um, the sector coordinating council is kind of a generic term that represents industry organizations around critical infrastructure protection. Back in 1998, there was a presidential executive order, and since then, um, several more that have updated that executive order. And it just basically recognizes we have these critical industry sectors in the country that we depend upon, whether it's financial services or IT or healthcare or electricity or telecommunications, water and transportation. And these critical sectors in serving the public also face a number of systemic threats to our ability to serve the public, whether they are physical threats like flooding from hurricanes or wildfires, earthquakes, or man-made threats like terrorism or cyber attack. And it's the notion that these industry sectors, we are the primary owners and operators of these critical services and assets, and we need to organize ourselves around identifying and mitigating these systemic threats and to do it together, but also to do it with the government. So I mentioned this executive order. What it did, it set up a public-private partnership, industry and government working together 
with the understanding that market forces alone aren't going to solve complex, ever-evolving challenges like cybersecurity and regulation alone isn't going to solve these problems. So it needs to be addressed in a more collaborative and resilient way. It doesn't mean that regulation goes away, but it means that we try to build more common understanding, joint initiatives. Uh, it's a shared challenge and therefore a shared responsibility. So the Health Sector Coordinating Council and specifically our cybersecurity working group is addressing that challenge. We now have about 370 organizational members from industry, a dozen or so government members, including Health and Human Services, the Veterans Administration, Department of Homeland Security, and others. And uh, we are organized around developing uh, a number of different cybersecurity best practices, guidance documents, what have you, on various specific cybersecurity functions of importance to the healthcare sector. So we are developing these resources by the sector, for the sector, with the hope that we are going to raise the bar across the ecosystem and just over time improve the cybersecurity, cybersecurity and resiliency of the sector. Well, that's that's fantastic, Greg, and would love to hear more about key initiatives that that you guys are up to. But, you know, before we go there, I mean, you have such a wealth of knowledge in this space. What is it that motivated you to get into cybersecurity? You know, you talk to a lot of cybersecurity people and a lot of them are going to say they just fell into it. Um, They came in through the side door, not knowing that's where they were headed. But, you know, early in my career, I was involved in that intersection between economic security and national security through a variety of policy issues. And cybersecurity was one of them. And I've always been motivated by generally that intersection between business and government that, you know, some of our essential businesses, our essential essential critical infrastructures, if we are critical infrastructure, we are providing a public service. If we're providing a public service, we are public servants. And I've always been motivated by that. Uh, I've always felt to be a public servant, whether I am in government or whether I am in industry. And cybersecurity is one of those, it's one of those issues that is not political. And, you know, I'm in DC, I've been in DC all my career. There's so many political issues, policy issues that will go one way or the other because of politics. But for the most part, that's not the case in cybersecurity. It is a bipartisan, nonpartisan issue. It affects everybody equally. The differences in healthcare it doesn't affect healthcare equally. Actually, people can die because of result, because of cyber attacks. And so we have to be mindful of that. And so we have one of our key slogans, it's not a slogan, it's, it's the truth for National Cybersecurity Awareness Month and all year round is that patient safety requires cyber safety. So that's what I'm motivated by. That's awesome, Greg. I love that. I'm glad you're at the head of this organization because your passion for it shines brightly. And healthcare is critical infrastructure and everybody listening to this episode cares. What does it mean to healthcare organizations and the government? Healthcare is critical infrastructure. Um, It means that, first of all, there was a definition of critical infrastructure in, in the U.S. Patriot Act from 2002. Uh, And that definition is echoed throughout various other policy documents. And I'll paraphrase that it is basically critical infrastructure 
consists of those assets and services that the public depends upon for our economic security, our homeland security, our national security, and our public health and safety. And it is those assets and services that the public depends on us, the owners and operators, to restore in the event that they are significantly disrupted by any kind of a threat or incident, again, whether physical or man-made like cyber attacks. So that is what critical infrastructure is. And it is often, if you think about some of the major critical infrastructure industries, you think, well, if one of them goes down, goes down in a catastrophic way, a major cyber attack that halts operations in a major bank or a major multi-state hospital system. Well, that's going to have ripple effects throughout the ecosystem and throughout the supply chain. And, you know, you only need to look at the implications of the COVID pandemic and what that did to the supply chain, where the healthcare industry being critical infrastructure, suddenly we're, we're, we are having difficulty getting those key elements that go into pharmaceutical ingredients or PPEs, protective equipment like masks and uh, latex gloves. That is a palpable example that everybody felt as to how when critical infrastructure is affected by a significant incident, everybody will suffer. Yeah, no, that's fantastic, Greg. Thank you for uh, explaining that to us. See yourself in cyber. It's the theme of, of the month and it gets down to the to the idea that cybersecurity starts with people and everybody listening to to this podcast today, if you're not thinking about it, it's time to think about what you can do for your, your organization in cybersecurity. And so, by the way, I want to share with you guys that Greg and his team have done so much already. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. Greg, can you share uh, what's been one of the biggest milestones of your work on cybersecurity thus far? You bet. Before I before I go there, though, you know, you mentioned cybersecurity starts with people. I just want to pick up on that point because you also gave my uh, my bio, and so one of one of the defining phases in my career was being the assistant secretary for cybersecurity at the Department of Homeland Security. Now, this was back in two thousand six seven, eight, nine, when cybersecurity still was not very much in the consciousness of the average people out there who are not yeah. cyber geeks, right? It starts with people. And um, one of the things I did, and I think it was the 2008 National Cyber Awareness Month, is my people uh, at DHS put me on what my PR guy called a national media tour. Okay. Meaning I woke up at four, got into a TV studio at five, and from five until nine or 10 in the morning, I was beamed to probably two dozen local news stations uh -huh. where mothers are feeding their children, getting them ready for school. And it was about National Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And I typically had anywhere from, oh, 70 to 90 seconds on a short Oh, wow. segment on yeah. the local news. <laughs> and, you know, one of the reporters from, I, I don't know, let's, let's just say it was from Houston. So Mr. Garcia, so tell us, 
what is cybersecurity? And so I had 20 seconds to try to distill the complexity of this topic to try to get, get the point across to people just going to work every day that they actually do have a little bit of responsibility too. It isn't just the IT person's job. So that the point of that is to say that I think we've come a long way in terms of general public awareness of this shared challenge and the shared responsibility right down to the parents um, getting their children ready for work. So I'll stop there. But I, I think that was just a, that was very instructive about how, how far we've come over the past, geez, 15 years now. So your question about what are what are some of the major initiatives we're working on? You know, healthcare is multifaceted. If you think about healthcare, of course, it's there's multiple different subsectors. We have the direct patient care, but you know, the hospital systems and the clinics. We have medical device manufacturers. We have uh, pharmaceutical companies, labs, and and blood. We have um, health IT. We have plans and payers, and we have public health. And, and so all of them form kind of an ecosystem. So we're trying to to address those cybersecurity issues that are cross-cutting, that have relevance to you know two, three, or more of those subsectors so that we can actually collaborate and understand all the interdependencies, interconnection points um, along the value chain of healthcare. So you know, one particularly interesting and ongoing issue is how do we deal with medical devices? There is a lot of very expensive, very large medical devices, CT scans, MRIs, whatever, that were built and designed many years ago without cybersecurity in mind because it wasn't much of a problem um, mm -hmm. in the healthcare sector 20 years ago. And how do we deal with those devices and and now new devices that are being built and designed? How do we how do we design and build cybersecurity into medical devices from the beginning? And how do we manage the cybersecurity of aging medical devices as they age in the clinical environment? And it becomes a question of who has accountability, who has responsibility, the medical device maker, the, the health delivery organization. Again, a shared challenge and a shared responsibility. How do we mature the industry so that medical devices deployed in a clinical environment be don't become a vector for a cyber attack, either that it becomes the conduit for a cyber attack throughout the rest of the hospital network system or the device or fleet of devices itself become victim to a cyber attack such that they either stop working or they stop working correctly and are corrupted to deliver the wrong dose or to show the wrong readings if it's diagnostic. Very scary stuff. Fortunately, there has not been reported instances of any significant patient harm because of medical devices being hacked. But as cybersecurity professionals, you're paid to be paranoid. So we, we think about the prospects and try to plug the gaps. Yeah. You know, Greg, that's uh, that's really well said. And how do we contextualize the problem? Like in dollars or in impact, like annually, you know, how big is this challenge? Um, you know, the dollars, the dollar numbers change depending on um, which vendor or which study is is doing a survey and trying to to quantify it. The most palpable way to think about it is we attend an annual summit, an annual meeting called CyberMed. And during that summit, they stage a, a simulation. So medical students go through, I guess, third year and beyond, go through simulations where they are observed 
uh, responding to an emergency situation, which was unexpected, where they have to make decisions based on their education and on their instinct. And in this case, an actor is wheeled into an operating room having suffered a stroke. And again, it's a simulation. And the med student has to put the stroke victim through a CT scan to determine whether the stroke was because of a brain hemorrhage or a clot. Well, in this simulation, the CT scan was hacked so that the image was taken, but it wasn't returned so that the uh, med student had no indication of whether it was a clot or a, a hemorrhage. The decision on what treatment you're going to give that patient without that information. If you give a a blood thinner thinking it's a blood clot and it actually was a hemorrhage, you will kill the patient. And so this is what we observed. Um, So that is a palpable example. This comes back to patient safety requires cyber safety. But there are any number of other measures. You can go to the Office for Civil Rights uh, at HHS, which enforces the HIPAA regulations. If an entity gets breached, they have to report it to HIPAA and HIPAA compiles the number of, of breaches across the sector and what the what the reason was and what the cost was. And it varies all over the place. But uh, some some hospital systems have suffered tens of millions of dollars because of, for example, ransomware attack. And it's not just the dollars, it's the reputation it's staff morale, it is regulatory and uh, compliance jeopardy, it's class action lawsuits, and of course, it's, it's, it's patient safety. So cybersecurity has a number of impacts on organizations beyond financial that the C-suite needs to be mindful of. Love it. Thank you. And, you know, you've been doing this before cybersecurity was even a thing. So <laughs> I was cyber before cyber was cool. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Greg, what, what would you say has been one of the most surprising findings you've uncovered since then? Um, surprising. I would say that, first of all, the most, I would say inspiring is the way this sector has come together. When I came in, you know, I mentioned the medical device issue. There's significant tension between the device manufacturers and the hospital systems about who's responsible and who's to blame. And how do you improve the situation? Uh, Through this organization, we've brought them together in a more collaborative, rather than recriminating, roundtable to get them to listen to one another and understand their respective business models and what their pain points are and what their incentives are, what their motivations are. And there's been a lot of mutual understanding that has been engendered uh, because of this. So I wouldn't say that's surprising when you get thoughtful, rational people together, but it is inspiring. Yeah, I guess if I could say what what really has surprised me, I mean, personally, it is the extent to which healthcare cybersecurity can affect each one of us personally, whether we are a patient, whether we are a clinician, or whether we are a, a cyber professional. We've heard testimonials from patients who have a pacemaker or patients who have a glucose monitor, and they are also hackers. That one surprised me. Hmm. There was one fellow at, uh, uh, at a workshop that FDA was hosting, and I believe he has a glucose monitor. And he said, let me see if I can hack it. It's a glucose monitor that's attached to his body. Yeah. And he could hack something. And it... <laughs> And I, and I might be misstating it, but he took it to the, to the point, just to the edge 
of causing himself harm to see if he could oh boy. do that. And he did. He didn't cause himself harm, but he was able to find where vulnerabilities exist in this very basically simple device. It's It takes readings and it opens and closes to deliver a bolus of insulin. Um, and the same with pacemakers, you know, not complex devices. And so, you know, and the same with the, with the patient, the hacker patient who had a pacemaker, and she's been quite public about that. And so what are, what are their expectations and how do they deal with the constant reminder that they have something in their body that can be hacked, just like the, uh, the fictional vice president in, uh, in a TV show where his pacemaker was, was offed. Uh, by a cyber attack. So I guess that that was surprising to me that that, that somebody that close to healthcare cybersecurity is, is both a hacker and a patient. Yeah, that is. That is. And pushing the the envelope there opened up those vulnerabilities and, and made us more aware. And now a lot of companies, your group, are working to really bridge those gaps in, in, in security. So we're going to cover a lot of things on this podcast series, Greg. And so do you want to give uh, the listeners a, a sneak peek on what we're going to cover on the coming interviews? You bet. Well, um, what the Sector Coordinating Council has done over um, over the past four years is develop a whole series of, I think I've mentioned this before, a whole series of publications, recommendations, best practices. And we're going to go through a lot of those with our listeners. I've mentioned medical device security, but you know we're going to talk about supply chain management how do you how do you be sure that your your vendors are doing the right thing how do you deal with um an incident once once an attack has has, has finally happened how as an organization do you do you deal with that we also want to talk about telemedicine and other forms of healthcare delivery my goodness the list goes on so i really urge uh, your listeners to to come back uh, for the next one and we're going to walk through some of those best practices for you and uh, you can check them all out uh, on our on our website at healthsectorcouncil.org under recommendations that's fantastic greg and and folks yeah it's going to be a i mean just an exciting series with greg and his team so so excited to have you all check all of those out on this amazing month cyber Security Awareness Month of October. Greg, can't thank you enough for the partnership to, to put this amazing content together for our listeners. What closing thought would you leave everybody with? And what's the best place for them to get in touch with you or follow your work? Absolutely. Uh, closing thought. Look, here's the principle um, for what we do in the Sector Coordinating Council is that none of us individually is as smart as all of us collectively. And that is an essential principle for when critical infrastructure gets together or or any group gets together to be to protect themselves. It's like a neighborhood watch. The competitive equities are set aside because there's a lot of competitors in this organization. We recognize that the biggest competitor is the cyber adversary. So we proceed with the principle articulated by the National Cyber Director, Chris Inglis, that in order to beat one of us, you have to beat all of us. So that's that's my closing statement. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to healthsectorcouncil.org. That is our website. All the information is there. There's a contact page. And uh, I urge you all to, uh, for those of you who are healthcare organizations, get involved. 
we need your help and uh, we need to help spread the word so that we can raise the bar of cybersecurity across the ecosystem from large to medium to small organizations. So you all are critical in that endeavor. Greg, can't thank you enough for kicking off this series and for the amazing work that that you and the team are up to in cybersecurity for healthcare. Thank you so much and uh, excited to to keep this one going. Me too. Great being with you, Saul. Thanks a lot. <laughs>